0: Y'all want to hear don't you? Maybe. You can tell me later whether or not you enjoyed it or not. All right, turn your Bibles to the book of Mark. We're going to continue our study this morning. Hopefully you guys int- attended a Bible study group and you jumped into Mark chapter seven. 7. All right, as we continue in our journey toward Easter, looking at the book of Mark, we're going to... We, Studied Mark chapter 7, an interesting uh, discussion, I hope, this morning. And we're going to continue that today. Anyone else dealing with allergies? Y'all enjoy this kind of weather? It's awesome, isn't it? I'm just going to apologize at the beginning if I make any noises. We'll try to make it through. As we study the book of Mark, uh, we learn that it's all about action. It's a quick-hitting book, very short book, the shortest gospel, And this gospel spurs us to action, causing us to take the truth that we hold in our hearts and demonstrate it with our hands. For many today, as we think about that word Christianity or following Jesus, it's about morality, it's about knowledge, it's about social connections. But for the first century Christians, it was first and foremost about identity with Jesus, following Jesus doing what Jesus did, and obeying Jesus' commands. So as we continue our journey and we walk through this powerful book, we find ourselves asking a question over and over again. What does it actually mean to follow Jesus? We began this study and we took a look at the call to follow in Mark chapter 1. Jesus provided the vision and the mission of following Him. Then we discovered that following Jesus is about a growing relationship A relationship that takes time and commitment. We ask the question, who can follow Jesus? And last week we looked at the task that Jesus has given his followers. That task is to go, to rest, and to meet the need around us. Today I want to take a few moments and ask the question, what is our problem? Has anyone ever asked you that question? On occasion, someone's asked me, what's your problem? Y'all not there? Okay, we do that with our children. We have interactions with our spouses. Why not? We don't have to have a fight in church. We can, but we have these interactions from time to time where we think, "What is their deal? What is their problem?" We see road rage. We see politicians fight. We see all these people in our world that are angry and mad. We turn on YouTube or. Facebook, and we just scroll through video after video of people that are angry, that, has, that have issues. Well, I want to ask the question, what's the root of all the problems that we face in our world today? Where do we place blame? Our society, we have struggles with prejudice, with hate, and with anger. We so easily point the finger and push the blame to one side or the other. It's not me, it's them. Let's blame those people over there. If they would straighten their attitude, the the world would be a better place. Or, more recently, within the last decade, we've just turned our attitude toward, well, let's just blow them all up. Have we not? The mindset in our country shifts from let's reconcile to let's just destroy them all. At heart, though, where does blame rest? Well, today I want to look at Scripture, and I want to backtrack just a little from your story, but I want you to keep that in mind, that you, that, that passage that you looked at at the uh, latter portion of Mark chapter 7. But I'm going to back up just a little bit, and we're going to look at the root of this issue, the heart issue of the problem that we face in our world today. You talked about the Serio-Phoenician woman's faith, and we talked about how people who are different also have the opportunity to have an impact from Christ. But let's ask that question, what defiles a person this morning? In Mark chapter 7, verses 14, if you would follow with me. And he called the people to him again, and he said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand There is nothing outside a person that is going into him that can defile him. But the things that come out of a person are what defile him. Verse 17, And when he had entered the house and left the people, his disciples asked him about the parable. We see all throughout Scripture Jesus' teaching in parables. And then we see the disciples follow closely after and they're like, Okay, Jesus, what do you mean by this? Verse 18, and he said to them, then are you also without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into a person from outside cannot defile him since it enters not his heart but his stomach and it's expelled? And then we see in parentheses here this declaration that comes after of him declaring foods clean. And we see that primary principle that's being taught here. Verse 20, and he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Here in this scripture, we find the answer to our question. Let's pray, and then we'll draw some observations. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word, how incredible it is. As we study and we dig deeper, we just mine out incredible truths of what it means to follow you. So this morning, as we ask the question, and we look at your word, I pray that you would give us a clear answer. What's the root of the problem in our world today? Speak to us. Move. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Here in Mark chapter 7, Jesus identifies the problem. What's he trying to communicate here? We see that through his example, Jesus is establishing the cleanliness of what is eaten. And we see that contrast, and we can go dive deep into the Old Testament and talk about clean versus unclean foods, right? And then we could step back and talk about clean versus unclean people, right? We even talked about uh, leprosy last week, right, in our... Sunday evening study, and the fact that being near this person, coming in contact, renders someone unclean. So, we have this whole issue that the Jewish people were struggling with trying to stay clean, trying to stay pure, and with the religious leadership following along. And here, Jesus establishes the cleanliness of what is eaten. He's establishing the fact that defilement does not come from what is consumed, it's not what you eat. That defiles you. That makes you feel good, right? You can have a preacher in the pulpit say, eat whatever you want, it doesn't matter. That's not what I'm saying. Here's the key. Defilement does not come from any external factor. The most deadly contamination cannot come from touching or eating something. But instead, defilement comes from what is within you. It is in your heart. The most deadly contamination comes from the heart, your heart that's beating within your body. The blame for our struggles, our heartaches, our conflicts in the world center from our own hearts. Jeremiah 17 tells us plainly, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? This is one of the most critically important spiritual lessons in the whole Word of God. Jesus explains that corruption is not external, but internal. Now, the Jewish culture, they were chasing and running from things that would make them impure. Jesus was telling them, the heart of the issue is you, not anything else. It's not what you touch. It's not what you go around. It's not who you hang out with. It's not what you eat. The issue is you. Impurity is not a matter of the stomach, but of the heart. Defilement is not what goes in, but what comes out. And we see here Jesus described the process. Food ends up in the stomach, but sin begins in the heart. That sin then produces all kinds of defilement and destruction, eventually even death. You see, my friends, the problem with humanity is not what we do, it is who we are. And the rain comes. Let me just, a little aside here, we watch the weather and we take care of you, so don't worry about anything, All right. If we have a warning, we will all gather in the bathroom and continue the service there. It will be okay. Defilement does not come from anything external. Defilement centers in your heart. The problem with our world today is not what you've done, it is who you are. Once you understand that, change can take place. Our problem is, we don't think there's anything wrong with us, do we? Let me say that again. I don't know if you connected with that. Our problem is, or the problem that we have is, sitting in your chair today, you think, I'm not the problem. It's somebody else. We deal with people like that, right? They're the problem. Let me just tell you something very plainly here. Scripture tells us clearly, the problem is not them. The problem is you. The problem is you. But Jesus doesn't stop there. Jesus provides a solution. The answer to the problem is simple. It's the work of Jesus on the cross. Christ has gained the victory. Christ offers healing. Christ offers restoration. He offers hope and life. We have the opportunity to cry out to Him from the words of Psalm 51, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. We can receive a new heart and a renewed spirit like it says in Ezekiel 36, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you But we can only receive those things if we follow the instruction given in Romans chapter 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You see, there has to be a point in our lives where we understand the fact that the issue is me. I need help, I am sinful, I need restoration. I need hope. Then we can turn to Jesus and seek life. And through His work on the cross, we have that opportunity. And believing that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of God, the resurrected One, we believe in our heart and we are justified. And we proclaim with our mouth and we are saved. On the other side here, Jesus is declaring that true obedience results from a love of God from the heart, not the outward acts of keeping the rules. True holiness is internal. Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Do you notice the incredible contrast we have here? The problem with our world today comes with, from within us. But the hope and the answer, reconciliation... And restoration of this world comes through what? The cross, the the impact of our heart. And then out of our heart flows that new life and love and impact the world around us. We have an incredible opportunity to do something great here in our community. But before we can take a step forward, we have to understand the fact that we have to deal with the sin issue in our hearts before we can help someone else. Anyone ever been on an airplane? You've gone through that pre-flight check? What do they tell you to do when they talk about the air? Take care of yourself first. You see, guys, we are so desperate to fix everyone else's problem that we we don't take care of the sin issue on our own hearts. We're so quick to point fingers at someone else and saying they need to straighten up, they need to get their life right. When instead we should be looking at ourselves and seeking hope and restoration and life within our own hearts. From our heart flows life. From our heart comes joy. From that purity of heart through Jesus Christ we can make an impact on our world. But first we have to examine our own heart so as we close this morning I have a few questions I want to ask you and if you have a problem with this you need to talk to Jesus not me okay I don't need an email or a phone call you need to go to Jesus here in a minute friends these are the hard questions I've had to ask myself this week when the Lord examines your heart what does he see not thinking about anyone else. But when God looks at you and your heart, not what you eat, not what you've done, not who you hang out with, what does he see when he looks at your heart? Does he see a self-righteous, legalist, trusting in what that you do? Or does he see a humble sinner trusting only in what Jesus has done? My friend, the difference is of eternal significance. We've said goodbye to several friends the last few weeks, and it's been incredibly hard. That should affirm in all of our lives the fact that life is precious. And you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Is your eternity secured with the Father? Is your heart pure? Or are you trying to work your way to heaven? As we continue this journey through the gospel of Mark, we're discovering that there is incredible depth in the journey of following Jesus. We see that our sin nature causes separation from Jesus. And that sin prohibits us from growing in relationship with Him. As we allow God to change our hearts, we have the opportunity to go deeper and become the ones He created us to be. But guys, in order for you to be who God is calling you to be, to be the one He has created you to be, we look at these little children and we look forward to the impact that they can make in our world. He has called each and every one of us to greatness. It's not reserved for a few. It's for everyone. But in order for us to lean into that, we have to settle things in our own heart first. We are on an incredible journey through Mark, looking toward Easter. But the next step in that journey is significant. This summer is going to be significant. And the fall is going to be incredible is we understand what it means to be a body of believers, the family of God. And we truly lean into the understanding of what it means to share life and do life together. But before we can take that step, you have to get things right in your heart or nothing else works. The breakdown is there. So this morning, I just want to give you a few moments. Just, Just take temperature of your own heart. Are you trusting in His goodness and His plan to cleanse you and wash you clean? To create in you a pure heart. Stop fighting the battle of trying to be good enough and trust in Jesus who is good. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your word and your incredible measuring stick that you've given us. And as we Continue to study. We find more and more how incredible the plan that you have for us is. But we have to understand the fact that we cannot take a step forward unless our heart is right and ready. So, Father, I pray now that you would speak to us, that you would impress upon us the desperate need for us to get right with you, to fall before you and seek forgiveness and to trust in your goodness. In your son's name we pray.